This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Paul Stone, talking more bowl action with you here on the uh, the Sports Better's Paradise or the Bet Rivers Network. Let's go out to Chile, New York City, with the Pinstripe Bowl, Minnesota. They're not afraid of a whole, these two teams should be okay uh, in cold weather. Minnesota ten and forty two and a half, big number here against Syracuse. Once upon a time, Syracuse was a top 10 team uh, in the uh, country as well in, uh, before they went down to Clemson, and they have faded down the stretch. It's a big number here for P.J. Fleck, uh, who is 3-0 and uh, in bowl games at Minnesota. I'll tell you, when I think of this Syracuse team, I think of one of my more fortunate covers of the 2022 season when they beat Purdue on their home field. Uh, I'm still... Uh, remembering that one in case I get a similar bad beat. But this is a Syracuse team whose uh, best days of the 2022 season were earlier in the year, uh, most likely. An offensively, uh, you know, somewhat challenged team, averaged a fairly modest 25.5 points per game uh, versus FBS opponents in the regular season, ranked just 99th in total offense, 342 yards per game. And those numbers, Jimmy, of course, were compiled with their top running back, Sean Tucker, who yeah. gained 1,060 yards, uh, was really, you know, much of the uh, the Syracuse offense. And Tucker, like so many players, has opted out of the bowl game to prepare for the NFL draft. He's a guy who also caught 36 bowls, uh, balls rather uh, out of the uh, backfield for 254 yards. So he's not only uh, a strong runner but catches the football out of the backfield. He's not going to be available, and he was their primary mode of offensive transportation. Now they're facing a Minnesota team, which many might, you know, people like you and I who follow it closely know this, but Minnesota's got one of the better defenses in all of college football. Uh, so for me, it's difficult to see Syracuse uh, moving the ball freely against the Gophers, especially without Tucker. This Minnesota team ranked uh, in the top five nationally in probably the two uh, most critical defensive categories. Scoring defense allowed just 13.6 points per game. And then total defense gave up only 287 yards per game. Minnesota quarterback Tanner Morgan, he hadn't played in over a month. He's apparently dealing with uh, the residual effects of a concussion. But he is apparently preparing to play against Syracuse, and it sounds like he will play. But Syracuse and Minnesota, these teams both play at a slower tempo. A formula that I've used for many years shows this game to project to 127 offensive plays which is 13 or 14 fewer than the average college game this year. I believe points are going to be at a premium Thursday at Yankee Stadium. Take the under in this uh, Minnesota-Syracuse game, 
42 and a half there at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, one of the lower totals in the bowl games is the uh, the, the bowls. I mean, some with the extra time of preparation, less stress involved, a little bit uh, looser, I mean, a lot more trick plays and things like that, T- longer commercial breaks. These, uh, these uh, totals really go up, but 42 and a half, that's telling you right there. A couple of things, weather and also the, uh, the, these, the this matchup here. So, yeah, that Syracuse Orange offensive attack, that's a big blow uh, in a 1,000-yard rusher Turner who is out uh, for this one. So under the 42-and-a-half, Minnesota and Syracuse. All right, the Cheez-It Bowl. I could hear Paul Stone over there. He wakes up. I woke up feeling the cheesiest coach. Yes, indeed. Florida State, 9-and-a-half in 66. How about Mike Norvell under all kinds of pressure? Deion Sanders may just take care of business at Jackson State and go on over to uh, his alma mater and play there. Well, Mike Norvell opened up with an SEC win against LSU, and he closed out with an SEC win against Florida. So 9-3, and three, he is safe for right now. Oklahoma, 6-6. Six and six. Not been the best debut for Brent Venables. Big number here, 9.5 in 66. The Knowles are favored. Yeah, I'll tell you, Jimmy, it's always difficult uh, to gauge the impact of momentum, you know, and how to apply it to the handicapping uh, puzzle during bowl season. You look, first of all, at the Sooners after they started 3-0 and uh, against really some overmatched opponents. The Sooners only won three of their final nine games during the regular season. Uh, and then on the other hand, Florida State, they suffered uh, three consecutive losses on the first three Saturdays of October. I think a lot of people at that point thought that Deion Sanders uh, would indeed get a Power 5 job at the end of the uh, regular season, but maybe they thought it would be in Tallahassee and not Boulder. Uh, but like you indicated, uh, Norvell and the Seminoles, uh, they righted the ship, and they righted it uh, in a big way. They closed the regular season with five straight victories, only one of those five victories by fewer than 25 points. So they were really uh, impressive. I think they were playing top 10 caliber football at the end of the season. In this bowl game, they're expected to have close to their full complement of players. Looking at 6-6 six and six Oklahoma, they're going to be minus uh, some of their key cogs. Uh, the most notable of those being running back Eric Gray, who rushed for over 1,400 yards this season. They're also going to be without their two starting offensive tackles, also going to be without one of their best uh, interior defensive linemen, Jalen Redman, who had 10 tackles for loss and four sacks during the season. So like we talked about uh, on a previous uh, podcast this week, these are not just players that were not getting playing time or only sparse playing time. These are big-time contributors on both sides of the ball. So whatever Oklahoma was in the regular season, they're going to be something else, in my opinion, against Florida State in the bowl game. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma rather, the Sooners, they weren't a great team to begin with. And now again, they're facing a peaking Florida State team, I think, that has aspirations of winning this game as kind of a springboard to a top 10 preseason ranking for 2023. Don't see the Sooners keeping this within single digits. I think Florida State wins this game, Jimmy, by two touchdowns or more over the Sooners. All right, the uh, the Florida State uh, trying to continue their late season surge. So they won uh, their last four in a row uh, down the stretch. So uh, Oklahoma, like you said, lots of guys out, and that's why that number is uh, a little bit higher. For both teams were at full strength. It might be around five or six, something like that. But, again, the information is beating out these inflated lines uh, to this point. All right, talk about a, a guy that's going to be missed. Well, 
I think he'll miss uh, 1,894 yards and 20 TDs. That's what Bajan Robinson has. 1,580 on the ground, 314 uh, in, in receiving. And I don't know if there's a bigger uh, blow for a team's roster, individually speaking, than Bijan Robinson. He has allowed Texas to go 8-4. and four. Imagine them without him. Texas is still three-and-a-half-point favorites in 68 right now at Bet Rivers over the 10-2 and two Washington Huskies. Another outstanding season debut for uh, DeBoer in the Washington Huskies. It's kind of a he, uh, one of those reuniting of uh, a former coach and quarterback at uh, a new location. There were several uh, for this 2022 season. Penix was phenomenal. I mean, you talk about consistently really good. I think 11 of the 12, he threw for over 300 yards. That's how good he's been. Uh, Texas, three and a half and 68, Paul, in the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you touched on Penix's uh, reunion with his former offensive coordinator uh, there at Indiana, uh, Coach DeBoer. And, man, I tell you, you know, at Indiana, first of all, we saw flashes of what Michael Penix Jr. could do, but he didn't have the supporting cast one, and he was injured a lot of the time as well. It seemed like he always missed games. But at Washington, I tell you, it is, he's worn it well. You know, it's, it's fit his talent set, uh, set uh, at a high level. Uh, he's been healthy. Uh, he's passed for over 4,300 yards. Uh, the Huskies finished the season on a six-game winning streak. Uh, two of those victories were three-point decisions. Uh, they defeated Oregon State by three. They also won at Oregon by three. Uh, so this has been a, uh, a great reunion. The Huskies, one of the most prolific offenses in all of college football, ranking the top six in college football in several key offensive categories, including scoring 39.7 points per game. Uh, total yards, 513 yards per game. Yards per play, 6.8 yards per play. And then passing yards, 377 uh, yards per game through the air. As you mentioned, Texas is going to be without B. John Robinson, uh, 1,580 yards uh, rushing this year. You mentioned the 314 yards receiving. I heard an NFL scout say that B. John Robinson catches the ball better than any back in football, and he said, and to be clear, I'm not talking about just college football. And if you look at some of the catches he made, that guy's incredible. But not only does Texas lose top tailback B. John Robinson, his backup, Roshan Johnson, who's a big-time player, had over 2,200 yards uh, rushing during his career at Texas, can also catch the ball out of the, the backfield. Uh, he's kind of the, the heart and soul of the Texas team in many ways. He's also opted out. So true freshman Jonathan Brooks likely gets the call as the Longhorn starting quarterback, uh, tailback rather. And then on defense, you have uh, one of the uh, key leaders there as well, linebacker DeMarvion Overshawn. He has opted out in preparation for the draft. 96 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, four sacks, big-time contributor on that Longhorn defense. I really like the current trajectory of this Washington team. I think the Huskies might be the – the, the more inspired team, if you will, in San Antonio. Take the Huskies, maybe split your unit. I like this game quite a bit. Huskies plus three and a half for half of your bet. The Huskies on the money line on your other half. I think the Huskies beat the Longhorns in San Antonio. It's like it's like we're, we're, we're in sync here. I'm, I'm in the same way, uh, I was good to uh, suggest a money line play as well. I think the uh, the wrong team uh, is favored in this one. And I know that the, the odds makers have had Texas. They've They've thought highly of them pretty, uh, pretty uh, what, they were at a top 10 point spread value for a big chunk of the season, Paul, at 8-4. and four. I mean, 
just seems like they're always Texas is one of those public teams that's always a little bit inflated. And Washington, well, look at the opt outs, and I mean it's that gives you an indication of who's excited to play and who is not. North Carolina State and Maryland are last win. The Duke's Mayo Bowl. Well, may have paid off for last year's winner. South Carolina coach uh Beamer. Um Knocked off a couple of top teams on the way out. Tennessee and Clemson uh, maybe getting a new deal. Jimmy Sexton leaning on them uh, pretty good in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. So maybe the, uh, the, the Mayo bath is not all that bad uh, at the end of the game for the winning coach. The, uh, the Wolfpack, this is supposed to be a much better season for them. And it got really bad mid, mid-season when their quarterback, Leary, went down uh, for the year. Uh, they really struggled and were kind of – just underperformance. One of those programs that not used to a ton of success, handling big expectations. They didn't do well there. Maryland was kind of sick and moved. Saw them go toe-to-toe in Ann Arbor with Michigan and other times really struggled. So tough to get a read on the Terrapins this year. This game's a pick em at Bet Rivers right now. Total is 46.5 in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Yeah, Jimmy, I mean, you said it's tough to get a read on the Terrapins. From my perspective, it's kind of tough to get a read as well on the handicap of this game. You know, neither one of these teams really resembles the, the team that began the year. You mentioned the uh, injury, the torn pectoral muscle uh, that quarterback Devin Leary uh, suffered at midseason, was lost for the year. Uh, and then to add insult to injury from North Carolina State's perspective, he goes in the portal uh, and will apparently play for the Kentucky Wildcats next year. Uh, so that's a big loss for North Carolina State. They're also going to be without their offensive coordinator, Tim Beck, who has uh, accepted the job there at Coastal Carolina of the Sunbelt Conference. And then on the other sideline, the Terrapins, three of their top four receivers uh, will not play in the bowl game. So that leaves them uh, extremely thin at that very critical position. Uh, Maryland also going to be without a couple of defensive starters, cornerback uh, Deontay Banks and linebacker Ahmad McCullough. Again, hard for me to get a feel for the side in this handicap, uh, the side specifically, but I don't see a whole lot of points being scored uh, if somebody out there wants to, to have a little skin in the game, so to speak. Uh, my recommendation in that case would be the under in the North Carolina State-Maryland Bowl game. Uh, we're on the same page. It's a tough one uh, for me uh, as well. And well, what, Probably the loss that hurt them the worst was uh, – was when they were four and one, four and one, only loss at Michigan where they were very competitive. Uh, and against Purdue, they had a fourth quarter lead. Uh, then they fell behind. They missed an extra point. And then, so they had to catch up and need a uh, score and need a two point conversion. Converted it. Offensive lineman downfield on a two point conversion. Where are you going? <laughs> I mean, and, and it was, it was a penalty, it was a violation. So it's just a strange season. Uh, for the Maryland Terrapins, uh, so seven and five against uh, NC. How did NC State finish eight and four uh, this year? But it's tough to have a real strong opinion on it. Maybe the points in the under there, like Paul says. So reviewing Paul's picks in his group of bowls, uh, slight lean if you have to on the under Maryland NC State. We both like Washington, uh, but the points and worth a money line bet as well, plus three and a half against Texas. Florida State, minus nine and a half in the Cheez-It Bowl against Oklahoma. And then outside in Yankee Stadium, looking at the under in the Pinstripe Bowl, under 42 and a half. Let's keep it going, Paul Stone. We've had a good start to our college bowl season. He always does an excellent job for us. And 
He's on vacation. He'll be back in the back in the state soon with us. For Paul Stone, I'm Jimmy Otto, the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.